Look with me, if you will, in Genesis chapter number 3. The songs this morning have all been leading up to, really, the message of the hour. It's an amazing thing to me how God can completely put this together with man's hands not being involved in it. I appreciate the song the choir sung about follow me and how we follow the Lord. And can I just say this this morning? Do you know, when you think about this statement, it's easier sometimes to say no to the devil than it is yes to God. Okay, It's easier to say no to the devil and to resist the temptation than it is to say yes to God. Because when you sacrifice your life and you lay your all on the altar, God will use you in a mighty way. And it may be a great sacrifice in your life that God allows you to go through to get you to the place that he wants to use you. And sometimes it's easier to say no to the devil than it is, it is yes to God. But here in the Bible, we saw what was going on in the scripture. We talked about that a little bit last week. Look with me in chapter Chapter 2, verse number 17. And I'm not going to cover all this scripture again this morning, but I want to give you some things I pray that God would open your heart and your life to. Because listen to me, this morning you've got to make a decision. And you'll make a decision this morning. You'll say yes to the Lord, or you're going to say no to the Lord, but you're going to make a decision. You may make one publicly and come down and make a public confession of Christ as your Savior, which you may already have done this past week or in days past. It may be that God lays upon your heart to be a member of this church, and you say, yes, we're going to obey the Spirit of the Lord this morning, and we're going to come down, and we're going to join and put our membership in Ino Baptist Church. But listen to me, you'll make a decision in the building this morning, either yes to the Lord, or you're going to say no to the Lord. Now look with me, if you will, in verse 17 of chapter number 2. We know the story. Here is the command that God's given to Adam there in the garden. He's put man in that beautiful place to dress it. There has been no sin that's involved at this point in time. But there's only one command that God gave him. And he said, do not, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told him not to eat of that tree. He gave a specific command not to do that. Everything else in the the garden, have yourself a time. But this one particular tree, he said, do not eat of it. He didn't say not look on it. He did not say not smell it. He did not say not handle it. He said one thing, do not eat of that tree because when you do, you're going to die. And what he meant by that was this. And Paul enforces this in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter number uh, 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And God said, son, when you eat of this tree, you're going to die, you can mark it down. That would be the impending judgment that comes your way when you partake of that fruit. He said, so please, if you will, do not partake of that tree. Now notice what happens as we go through this story. Then we see what happened. He woke, went to sleep. He woke up one morning. He was married and talked to his wife and there and began to go through. And then the enemy shows up on the scene. Then the enemy comes in and tries to get him and her to doubt everything that God has said. Don't raise your hand this morning in the building, but I guarantee you everybody in the building and your pastor at one time in his life would doubt what God had said. Anybody in here, don't raise your hand, ever doubted about your salvation? You wondered whether you were saved or whether you were not saved? You've ever doubted what God's done in your life? You've ever doubted the word of God?
God and the promises of God? Why, sure you have. All of us have. And that's exactly how the enemy comes into our lives is to make us do one thing, and that is to doubt what God has said unequivocally, and you can stand on the blessings and the promises of the word of Almighty God. And we see how the enemy did that. He got her to doubt. He got her to look at that and begin to add things. She began to add things to the word of God that was not in there. So there's one thing about it, ladies and gentlemen. The wages of sin is death. You know what sin does also? It separates us. It separates us. First of all, it separates us from a holy God. It separates us from him because he is holy. He says, don't, and we do. Then the separation comes. I tell you what else sin does. It causes separation among families. You know as well as I do. I've got people in my family that are not walking with the Lord. So therefore, there's a separation. And their ways are not going the way that I would go. And the way I'm going, they're not going. So it causes a separation. But understand, I don't want to leave you discouraged. i got good news for you. God's got a way. And we must make sure that we've come his way. He gave a plan. And we've got to follow that plan. And if he said, don't eat of the tree. And they did. And death did come physically later. Spiritually, it would seem automatic. Then what happens? He's got a plan to redeem me. And he's got a plan to redeem you. Now look with me, if you will, too, now. And let me show you something else. I want to mention this. And I don't want to spend a lot of time here. But let me give you something else. Look with me in chapter number 3. at Verses 9, 10, and 11. Chapter number 3. Boy, this is so good to me. Here in chapter number 3, verses 9, 10, 11, we saw something. Let me ask you a question, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I don't want to take that time to do that. And there's some more research I want to do. But have you ever heard the old saying, let your conscience be your guide? Understand that in the beginning there was an age of innocence before sin came into the world. Then all of a sudden it seemed as if, and we do know that, there was a conscious decision that Eve and Adam chose to do wrong. They made a conscious choice not to listen to what God had commanded, and they made a conscious decision to take of that fruit and begin to eat that. But listen to me, and God gives us that conscience. It's like a little warning light that goes off in our heart when we know that something is not right. There's something in there that we realize it. But understand, our conscience will do one thing. It will not lead us to God. Sometimes it will keep us from admitting the problem. And here it was in the scripture that he said they knew something was wrong and the little flag went off in their heart and their life. And they realized something was wrong in their life. Now listen to me. The other day, and I just want to give this very simple illustration and move on. The other day in my vehicle, I've got, a, I, I've got some gauges in there that lets me know when my gas gets low. Have y'all got one in your car? Amen. And if you don't, there's a little light that comes on to go bing, 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 bing. And then at the bottom of your little, where your uh, numbers are, they'll come up and says low fuel or something like, th- like that. You know what that means? You better be getting to the gas station very quickly. And it'll go off until you, it'll keep binging until you either run out of gas or you put it past the level that it, that it makes the little fella quit binging on the, on the bell down there. Amen. But I've got one on my car, and it, and on my little uh, trailblazer, and the other day, the little engine light come on on, my, on that vehicle. And so I looked at it, so I turned off the car, and I cranked it back up, and the little engine light come on. You know what that is? That means I better do something, because there's something wrong in my vehicle. Now, what it was, I don't know. But I tell you, I got to pray, and my prayer life gets real, real good when things start going wrong in my vehicle. Amen. 
I know y'all may be more spiritual than I am about it, but I'm telling you, I, 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 that, I, nothing gets me out of whack to my vehicle to mess up on me, brother. I get into flesh real quick like. But the light went off, and so I knew I got to make a conscious decision. I got to do something about that light. I can either let it go or either I can take it down to the place where they fix those things, let them put it on that machine, let them diagnostic whatever it might be, and then fix the thing, and I'll be all right. And you know what I did? I did what was right. I said I'm going to take it to the shop and they put it on the machine and come back and they fixed it and now guess what my gas gauge don't work just right now so I've got another problem going on here but I do know how much gas I got in the thing at this point here's my point I could have let the light continue to come on and never done anything about it and you know what I would have made a decision and I would have suffered the consequence of that decision or either I did the right thing in this case I took it down to let the technicians at New what was going on, begin to work on the thing and to get it where it needed to be. Here was the decision that they had to make. The light went off. The light went off. They knew then consciously when they sinned now that something was wrong because the Bible says, "Uh uh-oh, we don't have any clothes on. Now, what all that means is, I guess what it means, they didn't have any clothes on, but the light went off in their light and they made a decision to deliberately disobey the Lord. And when they did, they realized some things and in, listen at this church this will preach right here instead of going to the Lord and said hey I'm wrong I've done something that's out of character I've disobeyed they started doing what everybody for 6,000 years has done now they start trying to cover it up and work it out themselves, and that's not what God wanted to be done Okay, They needed to acknowledge the fact that they had done wrong. But let's move on in the text where we can get through. Now notice something else now. Let me, found, let me give you just one other little nugget and I'll get to my text and we'll be through in just a few moments. Now notice something. You see that, that they saw that they knew, they knew something wasn't right there and they, they, they didn't do anything about that. But notice now, if you will, one thing I'm going to say about verse 15. We saw the impending judgment. We saw what God did and God gave grace to them and he gave mercy to them before he gave the judgment of God. And then I'm going to show you how we get to God in just a moment. But notice something. The Bible said in verse 15, I mentioned to you that last Sunday in case you were not here. This is the first place you see prophetic history about Messiah coming. Now listen at this. He said in the Bible that he's going to put enmity between thee and the woman, between the devil's seed, if you will, and the woman's seed. Do you see that? Well, what happened there? We realized one thing. That what on down in the annuals of time that God sent forth his son, he was, she, he was born of Virgin Mary in the Bible. talks about in the gospel. What was it? It was the seed that God was promising. I'm going to put an enemy there. I'm going to put a separation. Listen, even though she blew it here, God was going to use woman and mankind down the road to birth Messiah in the life of a generation into a world that needed it. Amen. I mean, listen, the same thing that messed him up in the beginning, friend. God had a plan and God began to straighten that out. And then, of course, you can go into Revelation. You can see that Israel represents the woman in the book of Revelation, Antichrist representing the devil's seed. And you can connect that all the way through the word of Almighty God. Now, let me show you something else now as we continue our story in verse number 17. The the Bible says, and Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, 
He said unto Adam, Because thou hast uh, hearkened to the voice of thy wife, has eaten of the tree which I have commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Notice now what happened. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread. Thou shalt return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and into dust thou shalt return. He's giving man now what's happening to him. He's going to go back to the dust. You're going back to the natural elements of the ground at some point in time after we die. But notice now what happened. The Bible says, and Adam in verse number 20 called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Now, this is the first time she's ever been named. Until then, she's been called woman. But now she's called Eve because Adam has given her uh, her name. But notice now, and let me show you something. Now, notice what happened. You get your, you get your clothes, get your shouting clothes on, man. This is some good stuff in here. I want to give it to you. Verse 21. The Bible says, notice now, and to Adam, also to his wife, did the Lord God. Now, here it is. Here they're standing before the Lord. Here they've come through now the impending judgment. Here they've excused their sin. Here they blamed it on somebody else. Here they've done everything that they should not have been doing. But I'm telling you, the grace of God shows us in verse number 21. The Bible says that as Adam and them are standing there, the Lord God did make coats of skin and clothe them. You know what he did? I'm not exactly sure because I wasn't there. Brother Gerald might be able to give a little insight to this verse. I'm not sure about it, but here's what happened. Listen to me. I'm getting, Brother Gerald, it's good to see you again, my friend. But God began to do something in their life. Listen to me. There was sin now in the world. There was sin, and something had to be done about that. All of a sudden, because of sin, justice stood up, and he began to cry out, Death, let there be death, because God, you said this, and because you said it, death must come now, and death must be given to have justice because of what you said. He said, if you eat of it, you're going to do what? You're going to die. But notice now what happened. The Bible said that the Lord did make the coats of skins and they began to clothe them. And listen to me, church, what is that a picture of? It's a picture of the cross of Calvary. You say, how is it a picture of the cross of Calvary? Did you notice what happened? God was taking a sacrifice. God was doing something and blood had to be shed. And when the blood was shed and the sacrifice was settled and God was satisfied in his heart, he put on them coats of skin and clothe them with some outer garments so that their sin would be covered and the blood had to be shed. Uh, the animals had to be given, possibly lambs of that time, and understand whenever that without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission and sin had to be dealt with. Can somebody hit me in the building here this morning? What did they do about it, Brother Gary? Listen to me. What did they do to deserve that verse right? Absolutely zero. God said, don't, he didn't want them to go put fig leaves on. He didn't want them to cover themselves in that manner. I'm telling you, it has to be God's way. What did God do? He let the animals of that time sacrifice and suffice for the atonement of what have you. But here it is. They did nothing to deserve the mercy and the justice of Almighty God except simply stand there and receive it in the name of the Lord. Amen. 
What is that a picture of to me? Run over, if you will. We're not going to read it for the sake of time in the New Testament. You remember not many Sundays ago we talked about the prodigal son and his father? You remember what happened? The prodigal began to come back because he said, I've sinned, I'm wrong, and I shouldn't have done that way to my father. And I'm going back to my father's house. I'm turning away from, I'm coming back to my father. And the Bible says the father saw him a long way off. He began to run out. What did the father do? He took a cloak and he covered him up. I'm telling you, he put shoes on his feet. He put a ring on his finger. What did the boy do to deserve it? Absolutely zero, church. Are y'all with me this morning? He didn't deserve it. The boy deserved to be put in the slave market. He deserved to be, to be stoned because of his rebellion. But because of the grace of his father, when he saw him, he ran and smothered him and gathered him in and gave that boy something he did not deserve. But I'm telling you, thanks be unto God, friend, for the mercies and the grace of Almighty God. Amen. Let me show you one other little thing in here. But you've got to come God's way. If you don't come God's way, then it won't get done. You've got to realize that without Christ, without the Savior, without him, ladies and gentlemen, listen, it won't happen. It will never happen. And here's a beautiful picture of grace. Here's a beautiful picture of God's mercy given to mankind. When you see it and fast forward it to the New Testament, you can see the beautiful picture of the cross. And listen, when he was on the cross, praise be his name, I was on his mind. One more thing, let me give you this. The Bible said, he made coats of skins and clothed them. Okay? They had to accept that. They had to accept the covering the way that God said it was to be done. I mean, they had to do that. And listen to me. Listen to everybody in the building, listen to me. You can't work your way in. You've got to accept the cross as the way into heaven or you won't never make that. You've got to come God's way. It's not my way. It's not the Southern Baptist denomination's way, friend. It's the Bible way. You've got to come that way or it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It will never work, ladies and gentlemen. It will never work. Now, notice something else. Let me give you this. Then he goes on and he says this. And the Lord said, in verse 22, Behold, the man has become one of us to know good and evil. And now let us put forth his hand, take also the tree of life and live and eat and live forever. He would have eaten and lived in a, in a fallen condition. And friend, God sent his son down here to, to remove the curse. And I'm glad Jesus did. Amen. Notice something else. He said in verse 23, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. And he drove the man and he, out the man and he placed in the east of the garden of Eden cherubims with a flaming sword that turned uh, every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Let me give you some little jewels I just found and I'm through. Look with me, if you will, in verse uh, number 17. Y'all hang on to this. I'm telling you, it may not do anything in you for you in the building, but you can see a foreshadow of Christ in these words I'm going to give you. Are you ready for it? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready, preacher. There's seven of them. I'm going to take just a moment and we're through. Look with me, if you will, in verse number 17. You see the word cursed there? What did the Bible say in Galatians 3? It talks about the curse and everyone that hangs upon the tree is what? 
Cursed. Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. So you see that you see that you pulling, are you pulling the line now? Are you connecting the dots from the curse of the Old Testament to Christ being that curse made for us? Because by one man, sin entered into the world. And by the last man, hey, sin was done away with. Praise God. Do you see it? Look at the next word. Let me show you the next word. See that word sorrow on down in verse 17? What does that mean, Brother Gary? Well, if you go to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 53 and verse 3, the Bible said that Jesus, the foreshadow, was a man of sorrows. Some of y'all may remember that's my age. Man of sorrows, what a name. Listen, just a wonderful name to proclaim. A man of sorrows, friend, is found in that verse. Let me give you another one. Look with me in verse number 18. The Bible says there was thorns. It was, the, the ground was cursed and thorns and thistles come up, but the thorns came up. Can I ask you a question? What was it they pressed down on his brow? Are you listening? Was it the crown of thorns? Yes. Did it come from a cursed ground? Yes. Who was it on? The sacrificial lamb of Almighty God, friend. Who poured my sorrow and my shame and my, and my iniquity he put upon himself is a foreshadow of God, man. Sorry I got excited about that. I can see that. Can you see that? I see that. Let me give you another one real quick like. Notice now. Look at the next word I want to give to you. The Bible says in verse 19, it says, In the sweat. What was Jesus doing in the Garden of Gethsemane? What? What was he doing? Sweating as it was drops of what? Isn't that wonderful? What happened to the curse? Man in pit, listen, man caused it, but the last one got it away from us, praise God. I'm talking about the curse of sin. We still sweat, amen? There's a little bit running down my face right here, just a speck of it. Let me give you one other one. Look at this, if you will, on down. Look in verse number 19. It says the word dust. If you go to uh, the, the book of Psalms 22, verse number 15, it talks about the dust of death, friend. And Jesus tasted that for me, and he tasted that for you. Now look, look, let me give you one more. Let me give you one more, and I'm going to be through. Look with me all the way down now. Look with me. Let me find it. I've got it wrote down in verse number 24. See that word Sword. See the word sword? You see what the cherubims were doing with the flaming swords? They were keeping they were keeping out those from coming in, keeping the man to come back in. Listen, are you ready for this? What was it that they took and they stuck up through where? My Savior's side when he was on, this, on the cross. They took a spear, a sword if you please, and listen, run it up in his side. And when he did, water and blood gushed out on the ground and his side was open. He was buying back his bride. Just like Adam had sold us in the beginning, son, the Savior came to redeem me, and he came to redeem you. But you got to come God's way.